All right, it's Saturday afternoon, which means it's time for local fidelity. Hey, I have a guest this week. <laughs> it's Dave, Krista, and Drew of Lepesh. They just put out their awesome second album, Blood in the Water, oh yesterday yes. on New Granada Records. Congratulations Ooh. on the release. Thank you so much. Thank you, Thanks, Tom. Thank you. What's it been like? Because, you know, we're buddies, we're friends. So I've been talking to you guys for the last year, and I know this record has been done for a while. What's it like to have it out in uh, the world that's now? a great question. I We were just kind of talking about this because these songs aren't new to us. And, you know, usually, you know, you record an album and it takes a, a while before it actually gets put into other people's hands for them to hear. But um, this one took an exceptionally long amount of time uh, due to the pandemic and other things closing down. And um, so for us, it was just, we've had to kind of relearn the songs in a way to play them because they're, they're, we weren't, there weren't any shows happening, so it's not, you know, we we needed to kind of re-associate ourselves with the songs, and and, um, and in doing so has kind of gotten us, like, pumped on all the songs again. Um, so, but that's kind of, we kind of were like, we've already started writing the next record, so we were like, okay, we want this to come out, we still love these songs, and we, we got excited about them again. Yeah, what's your relationship to these songs like now? It's interesting. I feel like I asked this question to a lot of bands recently because so much of the stuff that they're putting out now is songs or records that were written and recorded, you know, I over think, a year ago. I think it's uh, it's kind of like what Chris has said, like relearning the songs. I very rarely play the same thing twice exactly the same That's way. True. That's so, uh, and I can definitely say that after we've recorded this record, I, I personally don't listen to whatever music that I'm associated with very much after I record it. You know, just whatever happens on the record happens on the record. And then you, you continue to play these songs and they change a little bit. You have to make concessions live, you know, uh, on an album, you can put 20 guitar tracks, but when you play it or you're in a rehearsal space with the band, obviously you have to think about it and then there are things that you do in the studio that you never did before then you you come back and you're like okay how can i you know do what i did in the studio so fast forward a year to where we're kind of having to like relearn these songs again and kind of listen to them again it's crazy for me that i i just saw that i was doing so many things a little differently than how i recorded them if that makes any sense just small things or just nuanced stuff, stuff that maybe even these guys wouldn't necessarily notice or ways that I had just played stuff. So for me personally, it was interesting to go back and, and really listen to these songs again and, and pick them apart, figure out ways to, to play them again. So that's, that's kind of interesting, I guess. For me, it's been very interesting because for the past year or so before we, we knew that we were going to do the record with Keith, and Susie at New Granada, you know, we were we were sharing the record around with some folks and getting some feedback on it and deciding on what we were going to do with it. And obviously, like with all other artists who either had a record come out, I mean, in a way, I feel like we're lucky that our record, you know, we finished it just before the pandemic happened 
because I feel I, I, I have a I, I feel for the folks that had records come out right before the pandemic and had to cancel their tours and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. So, you know, when I look at it like that, it, it's it's been you know we almost immediately started writing new material and we kind of put this on the shelf and we're just like well we'll hold on to this for a little bit until it feels like the right thing comes along and you know with New Granada um, it came along and. It was, it's been wonderful to work with with Keith and Susie, but fast forward to to the the campaign and the record starting to to roll out and us to start to share songs with people. You know, there was like six months where I didn't listen to the record, and to start to hear the singles start to come out and listen to the songs again, and you get excited yeah, about it. Yeah, absolutely. Again. And then to hear feedback about yeah. it and to see like. Uh, folks writing stuff up and seeing what the interpretations are of, of the music and the lyrics um, has been really, really lovely. I mean, it's been really, really awesome. Um, so we feel like it's this, this like, uh, just this wonderful, it's like a present, it's a gift that, that has kind of just been just a little delayed, you know? Um, so uh, we feel, I think I can speak for all of us, say we feel real lucky and we're happy that it's it's coming out and it feels good that we have like almost a full record written uh too in, in the meantime you know feel like a step ahead of the game <laughs> <Yeah>. totally <laughs> and just to talk about that a little bit the last time we talked was in june well talked uh within a blog or radio oh, type yeah. of thing yeah, yeah. That we awesome. talked in June. We did the somewhat similar live streamed premiere of the great video you did for that. We talked during that interview about how you were collaborating remotely and doing things like that. At a certain point, you're able to get back together, which is great because of the calming down of the pandemic and things like that. So did that remote collaboration continue into the summer did it pick up more when did you basically get to the point where you were able to finish uh, an entire other record uh yeah it, it has definitely kind of continued on in fact having the pandemic happen in a in a crazy way was sort of a blessing to us creatively because it, you know we wanted to stay active as a band so right so we we do what we could to continue writing but now it's sort of become a nice little routine in terms of, of creating and, and writing and collaborating. So we still do it that way. Uh, we have basically a shared folder where we swap ideas and then we have, you know, ongoing recorded projects, demos of, you know, songs and things like that, that we're constantly adding to. And Crystal puts something down and then I'll open it up on my end and check it out. And, and Dave will come over and throw down some bass. And then uh, these guys were actually here yesterday. I have a home studio in my room next door. And we did a song and, you know, we had the vocal mic going and, you know, it was, it's cool. So it's, yeah, the remote collaboration still happens. And then we, we write here at the house. And then I feel our like space. we'll keep an element of that in our writing for the, for the foreseeable. Yeah, it's just sure. great. It's just, a, it's, it's almost like, skill. it's like a digital sandwich. And everybody kind of just, you know, throws add some right, meat, to, some it. meat to it, or condiment. Drew used or, to work at Subway, or, or vegetable <laughs> sandwich or artists. So we're we're yeah we're we're musical sandwich artists. Basically. Beautiful. Everybody loves sandwiches, and everybody loves it's true. music. Yeah. True. So, so true. To 
two things that people both really <laughs> love a lot. Other cool thing that you got to do during the pandemic, and I was so pumped about it, uh, you got to play in Jersey yes. City at the Harsimus Cemetery, awesome. and I was so stoked that you guys got to play there. What was that like, uh, having to play a live show after maybe not playing one for six or seven months? Uh, it was awesome. It was awesome, and it and and it was really fun, and also uncomfortable, and also comfortable. So it was great. <laughs> it it we were very pleasantly surprised because I I think we've all or at least we have as a band been like super careful so that we can get together with each other to write who we you know there we none of us have done anything socially besides you know come over to drew's apartment pretty so, much so um so it was kind of our first like oh crap we're gonna be around a lot of people but it, it was so great and i feel like everyone was just starving for music and to be around people even if you were you know physically six feet apart so it it was really awesome we got everyone i felt like everyone was like so thirsty you know for for live music so even if we weren't anyone's cup of tea you would have never known it because everyone was, yeah, was like even if we didn't like, play well who cares like, yeah like, everyone yeah. was really into low, it low, low low pressure and, and there were no <laughs> You guys played great. It was an awesome I mean, show. It was really fun. Glad that it happened and can't wait for more Lapeche shows in the future. And now we can say that we played a graveyard. Yeah. Without yeah. with, with goats. Goats. cemetery. With goats in it. With goats. And yeah. Were, yeah. The goats, the goats were dead great. people, spirits. Oh, yeah. It was all sorts awesome. of shit. It was amazing. Check that off the bucket list. So Blood in the Water. Speaking of graveyard. Great record. Something I noticed about this record is sonically compared to your last EP, it's not as dark sonically, uh, even if the lyrical content can get a bit darker and personal at times. I think Oliver, which was the first single, is a good example of that. Was that something you were conscious of when you were writing the songs and recording them? Or was it something that you think just naturally kind of happened? I think that, I think that on this record, um, as it became, and anyone jump in, it's become more collaborative for sure, um, as far as the musical contribution. On this record, there was more of Drew and I bringing guitar parts first, as opposed to Krista bringing guitar parts first. So I think sonically, it sounded a little bit more like some of our other projects that Drew and I have been in in the past. Um, which gave us an opportunity to add Krista's normal, like, melancholy and, and catchy vocals on top of, of something that maybe sonically um, sounded. Although there's some dissonant stuff on this, a little yeah, less totally. dissonant. A uh, little less dissonant, if that's what you're getting at. Yeah. So I think that it was a cool opportunity for us, speaking of us being, you know, song and music sandwich artists, <laughs> we kind of built the sandwich a little bit backwards here. Yeah. Whereas, uh, you know, Drew and I, in a lot of places, brought the music, and then Krista added uh, vocals last. Mm -hmm. And I think that that kind of made for a different sound or a little bit of a s some urgency 
that was tied in with some of you know Chris's awesome lyrics and, and vocals, and it's a really cool thing because I know that that it's something that Krista I think has has really become so skilled at. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I feel like 2019 when when a lot of these songs were written, just I think the the, the feeling was just high energy at that time. You know, I felt like uh-huh. more things were starting to happen for the band, more opportunities were coming up. I think we were just feeling high energy. So maybe this record might be a little more like riff based, you know, it's just where it's just like, and then of course, as Dave said, like the collaborative effort, you know, just, I think feeling more comfortable around each other and, and, you know, feeling like, Hey, you know, this, this, I know this isn't typically our, you know, how our music might sound or it has in the past, but, this could be a LaPage yeah. song, couldn't it? Yeah. And, yeah. Then, and then having having kind of more confidence and more comfortability to bring that to the table and then everyone going, yeah, why not? You know, it's like a good example of that is... It's is, a punk song. Bells. It's Bells. Let's, let's do is a, a great punk. example yeah. of that where it's just... Uh, uh, we have you punk know, rock just songs a, on this record. Yeah, just, totally. a, just, a, just a super upbeat, riff-based tune and then just saying, yeah, why not? I think maybe years ago... Uh, you know, rewind three or four years when we started, I think something like that wouldn't have just, it just wouldn't have been a thought, you know, that that could be a a LaPesh song or maybe even Oliver for that matter you know, like the riff in that song might not have been something we would think to do but uh, yeah, I think it just upbeat was sort of the the vibe in 2019 and uh, when we recorded the record, that's just how it all came out. Shit, I wonder what this next record's gonna sound like then. Dark. (laughs) (laughs) Spooky. Yeah, spooky. Graveyard. Graveyard sandwich. (laughs) It's cool that you mentioned Bells and Krista's really powerful lyrics, because that's one of the questions I had, because Bells is another track that explores kind of the complexities of addiction and staying sober, a theme that the band has addressed in other songs. I'm particularly thinking of Bottom Feeder from the Spirit Bunnies EP. But to me, Bells seems like kind of the next step in that addiction process almost. I was wondering, did you see those two songs as connected at all, Krista, when you were writing them lyrically or stuff Uh, like that? That's a good question. Um, we're judging and rating all of your questions, obviously. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, the the quick answer is no. Um, although, so Bottom Feeder was written about a family member that has, so there was some disdain toward <laughs> the person that I was writing it about. Yeah. Um, and lightly and, veiled. And uh, uh, yeah, and <laughs> bells. It was more personal, um, and and just kind of um, yeah, just maybe not beating yourself up for for your own uh, issues. Everyone has issues and uh, and problems, and and so I think there was a, a little more self love or love toward toward the like the addict that I am you know, um, rather than disdain towards. <laughs> one was a resentment towards, song yeah, yeah. about addiction. One was a self-love and self-care song Yeah. about yeah. personal addiction. Yes, yeah. thanks. Yeah. But, but the, the addiction connection is definitely there. Yeah, so, for sure. So 
that is a is definitely an astute observation for sure. What about working with Jay Robbins again on this record? I'm such a big Jawbox fan. I feel like I'd probably be starstruck working with him. But you all have been working with him for a while now, and you've known him and worked with him for years. What's it like now, and what makes you keep going back to work with him? I mean, it's great. I mean, he's now like the, you know, we've always said he's like the, the fifth member of the band and we're friends, you know, we've, we, all, all, all music aside, when we spend time with Jay, it's always just a good time, you know, it's a good hang and, and we have a lot of fun in the studio. And I think this time around, you know, it was just, a, again, just a deeper level of comfort and we didn't, you know, I think it was on the Spirit Bunnies EP, you know, we had asked Jay, hey, what do you think about, you know, this song? Is there anything else we can throw on this song? And we were specifically, it was it was the song Gracie. And he's like, you know, I think organ would sound really good on this. So he jumps on the Hammond organ and we, we crank up a Leslie speaker and he throws down some organ. And we're just staring at each other, watching him like play organ on this song, which was beautiful and it actually inspired us to get a keyboard and Kristen now plays a keyboard live because yeah, of that. Because yeah. of that oh, wow, that I didn't song. know that that's what that was because yeah, of. Yeah, wow. that's what inspired it. Absolutely. Wow. So, so it was, it not only, you know, was it great to just have him play some instrumentation on that particular EP, but also kind of inspire us to take our music in another direction. And that's kind of how it's been with him from my perspective is it's just been like picking his brain. I mean, about little things, learning little studio tricks as a guitar player, we swapped ideas and we've swapped gear even just like, oh, you use that. That thing sounds amazing. I, I need to get that pedal. Or I'm like, oh, you know, he introduced me to the current amp that I that I've been using now for a while, which I had never really had much experience with. So there's just been a lot to really gain from it. And then just, you know, he's such a patient person and he's such an incredible musician. <laughs> and we, and uh, he's, he just, um, he has a really great way of just giving you feedback and just an incredibly uh, respectful, kind way. And, and that's, the, it's, it means a lot when it's someone that, when you think about it is recording bands every day, you know, I mean, if he takes an interest, I think if any engineer or producer takes an interest in what you're what you're trying to do, I think that's a compliment in itself. And and he's not only done that, but he's 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 uh, he's elevated the music. You know, he's made everything better. Agreed. Speaking of the the organ part on Gracie, I noticed. There's some really nice strings on this record, particularly on Salt and Sweet and Be Gentle. I thought it was really interesting, the placement of the strings on Gentle, uh, Be Gentle, because it sounds like it's a completely finished song. And then you added the string part at the end as kind of this outro. So did Jay have anything to do with that similarly? I don't know. I don't, I mean, I think, I think we, we saw actually, I don't, maybe it was the year before um, we saw Gordon Withers who plays cello. We saw him, he was playing with um, Jay Robbins on his own solo stuff. And yeah, was remember, that what yeah. we saw? And we were we just like, oh my gosh, wouldn't yeah. it be amazing to get him to play on something? 
Um, was it our idea or was it Jay's so idea? It was, we met it was, Gordon through Jay. We yeah, met yeah. Gordon through Jay and, and played some shows with him. And Gordon played on Jay's last record. And we just loved what he did. And um, we came into the studio with some ideas. And like Drew said, um, there was just another level of, of... Each time we go in, there's a greater level of comfort. And uh, we mentioned you know, hearing some strings on some parts, you know, and, and, and I think that Jay mentioned Gordon and we were like, oh, hell yeah. Like, can we get him to come in here? And, and we all kind of talked about as we were recording, um, Jay and the band, we all talked about, Ooh, okay, let's put a note. I can hear Gordon here. Let's put a note. I can hear Gordon here. So we kind of talked about it and Gordon came in on like the last day of recording and we just like we're like okay here's here's these parts of these songs what can you do with them and gordon is just like this insanely accomplished musician and he just listened to the parts and was like okay you mean something like this and just like <laughs> threw down the some of the like 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 we had like i mean i was like weeping in one part like it was so beautiful <laughs> I mean, one part nice. sounded like like the X. Like it, it was just some some incredible incredible shit that he did. It was it was really. Yeah, it was, it was all like one take lovely. too. It's like one or two takes. Yeah, <laughs> it's for sure. Incredible. So he's on he's on like five songs. So that outro that you hear, that's like um, those are three different parts that he was like. Well, I was thinking I could do this on this part, or. I could do this other incredible thing or, or I could do this other incredible thing. <laughs> Just do them and then, all. And then, Cello and then Jay put them all together. So like kept them all and then just, and played them all together. And we were like, Later, we have yeah. to keep that in there somehow. Cause it just sounded so crazy and cool. So that's that, uh -huh. that's that little outro thing that yeah. was all Gordon. Beautiful. Love when things work out like that yep. in the studio. Nice and easy when you have super talented people come in and just oh, do yeah. their thing and it works perfectly. So before we play the three singles from the record, I want to ask one more question about Finally Trying. It's the only single that we didn't talk about yet. You released this great video for it. It's really funny and lighthearted. Really <laughs> contrasts with the lyrics, which are, again, pretty powerful. But I know you did that intentionally, and there was some meaning behind that. So tell us a little bit about the video, wh why you approached it like that, and a little bit about the song as well. So I feel like all lyrical content is dark and sad from me. Usually it just is. <laughs> and so, but I, I think we wanted to, because it's kind of an upbeat driving song, we just wanted it to have a, a, the, the video to kind of take that part of it and maybe just, just a, put it as so it's, it really doesn't have much to do with the actual, you know, what I actually set out f for the, the lyrics to, to mean. But it, but the song title is like finally trying, and so it was kind of like our take on like, you know, trying to make it rich or whatever, whatever. <laughs> uh, 
in in a little tongue in cheek. Yeah, a little bit. tongue in in cheek, and um, and it really kind of I think initially wasn't going to be as silly, and it kind of just it just started going that way, and we just kind of embraced it and let it go the way it was going. So is that a good we way to put it? We tried to make Drew? serious videos. Before, yeah, so yeah, we we, we, we had we just silly. you get us all together, and we just. It's just impossible yeah. not to be goofballs. You guys you know, are fun kind of... people, so. Oh, thank yeah. you. Yeah, uh, and, you know, when we talked about doing a video, I kind of had this idea, kind of based on a little inside joke that we've had for years, which is, you know, we we should rob a bank. Like, we should we should become, you know, we should fund our band by, by forming some sort of criminal enterprise. Yeah, totally. So we've joked about Robin robbing Hood it. A, yeah, what'd you say? Robin yeah. Hood it. Robin Hood it. And, and you know, and steal from the rich and give to ourselves. <laughs> yeah, the idea, the but but no. Finally, trying. I think as a as a as a song title and as kind of a motto was really sort of like, in a way, it's sort of the title track. It's not what might be the title track to the record, but it's definitely the title track to the way we were, I think, approaching the band in 2019 when we wrote it. And it like like I said, it was just like we're doing this. You know, this is who we are. This is what we do. It's a lot of I think a lot of personal growing pains that kind of happened in 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 2019 and early 2020 and obviously all pandemic aside when when it was when the idea for the video came around it was it was just like what about we're robbing a bank you know how we joke <laughs> about that and even in our jokes we've talked about like who would who would who take would on what? what role yeah. and it was always sort of known that Dave would be kind of like the uh the mastermind sort of ringleader because he's 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 a phenomenal organizer and he, he really he really manages this band and and does a lot of that stuff for the band and and that Jeff would be kind of like the heavy you know sort of like the 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 hench you know classic henchman or, or whatever and that I would be kind of like the techie nerd guy because uh, I just seem to take on that role with a lot of the the, the more technical stuff with the band, the gadgetry, the gadgetry, and what have you, <laughs> and that uh, and that Krista would be sort of just like you know the the like the, the getaway driver, driver right? So just uh, <laughs> it just kind of make it just all made sense. So in terms of the face, the yeah, the, exactly the characters, you know, we we the characters that are in the video are really very much based on our roles in the band. So yeah, that's just what happened. And then you know there was this this dream of making this like really lovely. Wes Anderson inspired art house, uh, you know, it didn't happen kind of thing. And then it just got, <laughs> Hey, let's, let's throw it. Let's throw this mannequin in the air and, you know, just, let's just be ridiculous. And, uh, that's just what happened, but we had so much fun doing it. And, and, uh, Nathaniel Shannon, who, 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 um, shot it and edited it, you know, he was he was very much a collaborator on it and had lots of crazy ideas. So yeah, he was just, he was awesome. We just went with it. Uh, and and the contrast was intentional, but it it the original intention of contrast shifted and changed. <laughs> yeah, true. Hell yeah, true. Yeah, we're we're happy with it. It came out great. We, yeah. we, we you can't not watch it and, and chuckle. So that's yeah. that's. That's more important than any. We were like, maybe people project. need to laugh right now, you know? Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Who needs our serious, stupid indie punk rock? You know? It's a it's a chuckler for sure. <laughs> it's a chuckler. It's a chuckler. <laughs> All right. So now, everyone, 
We're going to play Finally Trying along with the other two singles from LaPesha's brand new record, Blood in the Water. We're going to hear Oliver and Bells as well. You're going to hear them in the order that they appear on the record, too, because I'm super crazy like that. And I originally I had them ordered differently, but I said, hey, no way. Let's play them in the order. <laughs> Let's play them in the order that they appear on the record. So, everyone, I know you're going to love what you hear. So you can head to lapesheband.bandcamp.com to get a copy of Blood in the Water on vinyl. You got a t-shirt bundle as well. Lots of other good stuff. You could also head yeah. to the New Granada website to get it. Newgranada.bigcartel.com. We'll be back.
All right, we're back. Everyone, we heard the three singles from my guests, LaPesh's brand new record, Blood in the Water. It just dropped yesterday. You gotta get your hands on it. LaPeshBand.BandCamp.com to get it on vinyl or the New Granada website, your label, NewGranada.BigCartel.com. I wanted to ask you about the title, Blood in the Water. It's definitely an eye-catching title. What's the significance of it? How does it tie into the record and the songs on the record, if at all? Well, it's a lyric in Hopes for the Past, which is about like big business and government um, getting rid of a lot of our national parks. And, um, and the reason you know, the reasons behind what they're doing. And, you know, I'm from Utah, so there's a, there yeah. were some things that were happening very recently that were very sad for some of the national, beautiful national parks there. And um, so Blood in the Water was a, was a reference to some shady business going on. So, and I just like the way that it sounds. And um, so we tried a, a couple of different titles and this just kind of seemed... Go with the artwork? It, it just, yeah, it, it, I just liked the way it sounded. And then we had um, a friend um, do the artwork for, well, we chose his painting as the album artwork. And then it just kind of seemed to Carrie tie Law. right in. Yeah, his name's Carrie Law. And uh, so his painting and Blood in the Water were like, oh, yeah. So it just was a perfect match. Yeah, the cover is so cool. There's all these shapes different colored shapes in the ocean out there i like it a lot little little tombstones they're tombstones actually. oh shit damn <laughs> i didn't know that well now everyone also listening you know damn <laughs> those are some brightly colored tombstones some of them mm-hmm. I, they are i wish my tombstone would be beyond yellow like the one <laughs> yeah, on the bottom left of the cover yeah, why are why are tombstones so boring you know yeah yeah i mean death is on, boring Catholics, enough you know because yeah, you don't do anything once you die so let's make it fun lepesh yeah. is pro you know fancy tombstone or yeah. pro ostentatious Vibrant. Vibrant. Vibrancy. Yeah. And death. Yeah. Yeah. You know? This is your vibrant record, too. This is a vibrant album, for sure. So tell me a little bit more about Hopes for the Past, Regrets for the Future, because I actually have that queued up for the next set. Were you inspired during a trip home to Utah or anything like that? Or was it just from reading about what was happening in the news in your home state? Um, it was mainly just what was happening. I have, um, I still have a lot of family and some really close friends back in Utah and they were just really upset and of what was happening. And it's not only just happening in Utah, it was happening in a lot of other places where, yeah, they were ready to tear down certain areas and, and for whatever, reasons and um so i just felt really i don't know kind of heartbroken about it because i had some so many memories and those are just places that you know if we tear them down and we don't take care of them that you know they'll never be there again and that's you know i feel like the earth is already (laughs) already not preserved 
in well enough. So, um, yeah, it made me mad enough to write a song about it. So we also have that queued up and we have Metric as well, one of my favorite songs on the record. Tell me a little bit about that track. Metric, Metric's one of my favorite songs on the record as well. It's, it's one of uh, the most enjoyable for me to play, although it became our, before we recorded it, before um, the pandemic, it was like our, our set closer for a long time. And I think a lot of, a lot of us got, got tired of the song, although I did not get tired of the song. Mm. But um, I think that, uh, I don't know. Well, I love he Christmas. wrote most of the lyrics, which is, which is not, I mean, Dave contributed to, to the lyrics on Blood in the Water, but you know, for the most part, I write most yeah. of the lyrics. So I would say, um, like, 90% of the lyrics on Metric are yours, right? Uh, yeah, I guess so. I, I don't really remember. Krista and I collaborated on, on a lot of lyrics on this on this record, and that was that was definitely one of them. It was kind of like I would give Krista some lyrics, and I'd be like, oh, if you're feeling it, you can use these, and she would always she would take them and... Change them. <laughs> deconstruct them and what's, build it back up better. What's the song about? <laughs> I have to think about Nobody the lyrics knows. now for a second. I think that the song <laughs> Metric is about, um, is it about balance and equanimity? It's about, uh, is it? Is it? <laughs> up to you, up to you, listener. Sorry, up to you, listener. To you, listener. It's, yes. It is. It is. It is absolutely one hundred percent. It's a bunch of. It's you. a bunch of words. Put together I think about that stuff. it is. I think that the song Metric is about. Um, creating and setting guideposts for yourself and um yeah i think it's about it's, it's about finding balance in your life after um getting high off of of extremes extreme highs and extreme lows and i think it's about trying to find a balance in there somewhere uh that's more healthy oh uh, damn yeah. i just thought you're really pro metric system dude <laughs> right. nah i'm just playing all right, so now we're going to play two songs from Blood in the Water, two songs we just talked about, Metric and Hopes for the Past.
All right, we're back. We just heard two additional tracks from Blood in the Water, Metric, and Hopes for the Past. We're coming to the end of the show, but we're going to play one more song called Night Witches. Krista, tell us a little bit about this track. Night Witches is about um, actual witches. No, it's um, <laughs> about about um, women in Russia in the um, in World War Two. There, you know, all of the men were dying, and and so they started to recruit these women to um, fly these like crop duster planes to drop bombs on the uh, Nazis and. Um, they didn't have enough men to do it. Their men were dying, and there was um, like all these women just learned how to fly planes really quick and started flying these planes at night. That's amazing. So, everyone, Lepesh, thank you so much for being here. I know. Tom, we love you. We, we love do. you, Tom. We love you, too. Yeah, we have so much love for you. We, we cannot can't, even say enough good things. Can't wait to Always hang out pleasure. again soon. Everyone yes. get the record on vinyl at lapeshband.bandcamp.com. We'll see you next week. This is Night Witches. Night Witches.